Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Thursday, February 9th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the top political stories we're looking at today. Opposition party leaders have their say about the Liberal health care funding offer as premiers mull over the money details. We regret that the Prime Minister broke the federal bank and wasted so much money that he now cannot come to the table and help relieve the suffering in our emergency rooms and on our wait lines that have grown uh, out of control under his eight years as Prime Minister. It's no surprise that the leader of the Conservative Party is applauding this agreement because it does open the door for more, pro- more for-profit private care. It doesn't impose any conditions. The Prime Minister made a big deal of having strings attached or conditions. There's no meaningful conditions or, or strings attached in this offer. What we see is that there will be a stable situation of insufficient funding for healthcare systems of Quebec and provinces for 10 years. We see there is a huge problem presently and we say and we affirm as a government that we will maintain this problem as it is for 10 years. Plus, why are some Liberal MPs speaking out against the government's official languages bill? And what does it say about caucus unity? I'm joined by Catherine Lebecque. She's a parliamentary reporter for the National Post. Hello, good morning, Catherine, and thanks good so morning. much for joining me today. We have a lot to talk about, starting with uh, the health offer. Of course, when the premiers left town a couple of days ago, they basically uh, said thanks, but that's not a lot of money there. We need more money. Where's it at now? Well, they they said thanks, but they they didn't say no thanks. Uh, I, I think all the premiers right now are kind of uh, going back to their provinces or are still in Ottawa and and considering accepting the offer um, with, with different attitudes. I mean, certainly, I think look today, uh, the Ontario's Minister of Health Sylvia Jones and and Premier Doug Ford are meeting with two of Justin Trudeau's ministers, Jean Yves Duclos, and. Um, Dominique LeBlanc to kind of talk about the details, to kind of flesh out what this deal would look like if they accept. So I think it's kind of interesting that this time around, you know, unlike the childcare deals where Ontario was the last one to sign on to them, this time we might see Ontario actually to be the first province to sign on to this deal on health. Uh, so they could really open the door. But look, all, other provinces are certainly thinking about accepting the offer and and, and quite rapidly. Um, yesterday, the premier for PEI, Dennis King, was, was meeting with the prime minister. Um, he said, it's very clear, his province needs the money. Um, does he need more? Yes, absolutely. And will he lobby the federal government for more money? He, also, yes. Um, so, But he, he was very clear that he is prepared to accept that money, to put that money to good use. Um, but he also thinks it doesn't end here. Obviously, all the provinces are going to be asking for more money. Um, Certainly, Justin Trudeau alluded a few days ago to the fact that this could be a final offer, that this was the only offer on the table. Uh, but certainly, all the premiers are prepared to do more. Uh, but the reality is that it's budget season soon, and all the premiers do want to have this extra money in the next year. Um, that's also, and in, in, you know, to almost to our great surprise, uh, Quebec Premier François Legault also went in that same sense. He said, well, look, it's obviously not enough. This is just a fraction of what we asked for. But of course, I'm going to say yes to more money. Yeah, in no, the it's interesting. Year. He said, c'est mieux que rien, it's better than nothing. But uh, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but but they're all going to, like, it's interesting. It's like you give the you know, the car to your 
teenage kid and you say you have to be home by 11 so they'll take it but meanwhile when they're out there they're phoning you can i stay out till 12 can i stay out till midnight you know but the point is they like you say they they want the money they need the money yes absolutely um and and i think you know, we'll, we'll see different threats, I think, uh, over the, the next few days. I mean, already François Legault, uh, just to uh, continue on him, he was saying yesterday, well, look, yes, we could be accepted, you know, we, we could be accepting this money quite soon. But at the same time, I think Quebecers should be reminded that the federal government did not give us enough money at the next election. So there's kind of a va- unveiled threat here, yeah. um, you know, to, to say, well, Maybe he'll ask Quebecers to um, vote for another party than the Liberal Party of Canada uh, in the next election. But, uh, you know, he's already tried that before and that kind of backfired. So <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily yeah, no, it's interesting a good strategy. He, yeah, he also said, you know, p- people have to know what the numbers are. They have to get this. And uh, so, you know, probably like you're saying, he'll accept it. But he's not going to forget what happened, <laughs> you know, that they got shortchanged and he's going to remind everybody. Right. Oh, absolutely. But uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, because all the all these provinces have to sign bilateral deals. I mean, I think, you know, until now for two, two and or two and a half years, we've seen all the pro- all the provinces, all the premiers will really be together, really stick together. Uh, but I think, you know, the federal government at this point is kind of picking them one by one, kind of talking to them. Uh, I know that there's there's a meeting to kind of update all the premiers on the situation to ask more questions on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, I think it's li- like Justin Trudeau said, it's a matter of weeks, not months, uh, right. if these deals are going to be signed, because the, the premiers also know that they, they can't you know snub this money. They can't say no to this money because the healthcare system is in shambles right across the country. So that wouldn't, I, I don't think Canadians would, would, you know, see this in a very good light if they refuse the money just before, no. just because they say there's not enough. So that meeting you're talking about tomorrow is just with the premiers, right? Uh, to update each other on where they're at. But it sounds like the the common front is kind of falling apart in terms of holding firm. Like you say, each premier is saying, you know, uh, I can't really afford not to take this money. So, I mean, that's very interesting. And on the Hill, in terms of the opposition parties, the Bloc was saying yesterday that there's not enough money in this proposal. And Yves-Francois Blanchet was urging the other opposition leaders, i.e. Pierre Polyèvre and Jagmeet Singh, to, you know, to stand firm and vote against it when it comes up at budget time. What do you think is going to happen there? Um, I, I don't think uh, Blanchet's scenario is going to happen. Uh, well, and and it's easy for the Bloc Québécois to say that because they they know full well they will never form government anyways, so they can say what they want. Um, I, I think that you know Blanchet meant that in a way that opposition parties have to apply more pressure on the federal government to kind of uh, have have a better offer to kind of come back with provinces with more money. Uh, but the reality is, that, and, and Blanchet knows this very well, that the, the vote on the budget is a confidence vote. Um, so if all of these, the opposition parties vote against it in a minority parliament, Canada will be plunged in yet another election. So I thought it was a, a you know, an unusual argument to make. Um, but at the same time, I mean, yesterday, we also heard from a conservative leader, Pierre Poliev, who said that actually he would uphold this deal if if he was prime minister. Um, I, I think he's just too happy to not have to deal with that if he eventually forms government one day. Um, so already we, we have the conservatives who are going to be voting for mm-hmm. this deal, who, who think that, you know, 
that this will go ahead. So there is a majority, there is support for sure. Uh, I think that you know, the criticism really came from the NDP and Jagmeet Singh kind of alluded to the fact that he will be rethinking if he wants to continue his deal with the liberals. But, but, but then I it said, wouldn't matter if the conservatives were supporting it, right? Exactly. So I, mean, so I think, you know, Jagmeet Singh can always things, find but... somebody else than the NDP if he's lucky. And in this case, he, it sounds like Pierre Poilievre is going to be his dancing partner. So um, so we'll be watching all that. Now, the other topic, uh, which is very interesting, is um, is C-13, the bill on official languages. And it's getting a lot of pushback from liberal MPs uh, within caucus, like on their own government bill. What's going on there? So this is a bit of a complicated issue, but it's also an issue that has been kind of lingering and, and going on for, for years now because it was introduced in, uh, for, for the first time in 2021. Uh, now we're two years later. There's a new version of the bill that has been debated and is now in committee, um, you know, for and it's it's been introduced. This version has been introduced for last year. Um, so let, let me maybe start first by explaining what this bill does yes, very yes. in very broad terms, because yeah. it is a bit complicated. It essentially gives more powers to the commissioner of official languages to reinforce any language requirements um, in the federal sphere. Um, so there's that. It also forces federally regulated workplaces to be able to let their employees work in French if they so choose to, and to be addressed in French. So it, that also means that managers all across the country will be, will have to be bilingual and will have to, uh, you know, brush up, I guess, their French skills if, if need be. Um, so, and, and that would be, by the way, in Quebec, but also in significant French-speaking communities across the country, whether it be New Brunswick, Ontario, Manitoba, mm -hmm. et cetera. So mm -hmm. um, th this is really targeted to kind of help reinforce the use of French in the federal sphere to kind of, you know, fight against the decline of French. That is very, very clear. Now, mm -hmm. the concern from a few liberal MPs and, and Quebec liberal MPs who represent English-speaking communities um, in the Montreal area especially, um, is, is the fact that this bill directly references uh, the Quebec Charter of the French Language, which was just recently updated with Bill 96. Now, as we know, that's very controversial. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in this this federal bill, it states that French is the official language in Quebec. Um, so the the liberal MPs, and, and by that I'm, I'm meaning especially Anthony Housefather, uh, Mark Garneau has also been very vocal about yeah. this, but also yeah. Manuela Lamberpoulos, Patricia yeah. Latanzio, just to name a few. Um, they're really worried about this reference to a provincial law because, well, they say, look, it's, it's as if we were endorsing basically the preemptive use of the notwithstanding clause that was used in Bill 96, which is now law in Quebec, as we know. So uh, really, they, they've been trying to eliminate this reference in their own government bill. Uh, so that kind of that is what stirred a bit the the, the controversy. I know the, these liberals also are very worried about the fact that the Bloc Québécois has been presenting a lot of amendments right. to change the text of the bill to kind of reinforce the fact that, in fact, uh, French-speaking communities and, and minority communities across the country outside of Quebec, have different needs and have more needs, frankly, than uh, the English community um, in Quebec. So there's this, you know, this whole debate that's going on. And, uh, you know, it really creates some tensions with some other colleagues um, in the Liberal caucus, for example, like Francis Drouin, 
he's a Franco-Ontarian. Uh, he, he's in Eastern Ontario here. And he he just really wants this bill passed as soon as possible. So he had some very harsh well, words. He's for got some a large minority Francophone population in his Absolutely. community, right? Uh, uh, so so basically, you've got the Quebec MPs worried about their Anglophone populations. And you've got someone like Francis Drouin worried about his minority French population. So so they're speaking out. And, and what is what is this doing? Like, is this is this liberal dissent or is this a, just a healthy debate? Um, I, I think it's a bit more than than just a, a regular dissent. I mean, it, I, I think it kind of exposes some of this, um, the, these tensions that have been lingering, I think, uh, w- within the caucus. Uh, what I thought was very unusual and what observers thought was were a bit unusual is the fact that you know, that this debate should have been in caucus, you know, they, they should have been already talking about that. And, and as a government, they should have presented a united front. Uh, but what we're seeing right now is that there are indeed tensions within the caucus between, like I said, a few of these uh, Montreal MPs, very worried um, and, you know, defending their constituents, rightfully so. But we also see Franco-Ontarian, um, you know, MPs, but also uh, j- just MPs across the, the country who, re- who represent Francophone minorities who say, look, enough with this. We've made the decision. Let's go ahead with the bill. You have, you have your time to speak and, you know, to kind of voice your dissent. Now it's time to move on. So I think it's just it's very interesting. And yesterday we saw liberals come out say they're united more than ever, but the reality is that there are still these tensions well, uh, going to, around. To, to kind of make this point, I mean, it's not the first time we've heard uh, liberals in caucus kind of beaking off about different things recently. Um, you know, we heard Judy Scrow uh, talk about the uh, prime minister's description of Doug Ford's uh, use of private clinics. Uh, the prime minister called it innovative, and she was quite upset about that. She spoke out about that. Uh, saying she was very disappointed with his language. Um, you know, we had the whole issue about um, Amira El-Gawabi's appointment and how that uh, uh, the, the representative against uh, Islamophobia and how some Quebec MPs, including Pablo Rodriguez, spoke out against that. We had the backtracking on the firearms legislation. I mean, is this, uh, he's, the prime minister is having a hard time hurting the cats here or are the wheels off the bus or is it just like you know a healthy debate it seems like it um i you know what i think that there's been this issue that has been going on for quite a while now and, and a number of of former liberal members of caucus have talked about this is the fact that uh PMO kind of controls the direction, right? But also, the, it's it's very hard sometimes to get to the prime minister's ear directly to voice concerns and to kind of, you know, get a, a change in direction. So, look, it, it just seems like maybe these MPs have been trying to voice their concerns internally for a while, and now they feel the need to lash out publicly and, and voice their concerns publicly. So, uh, no, I, I you're right. I think it, it really speaks to a bigger issue here of mm. uh, the liberals kind of a bit losing control of their message here and losing control of their MPs who feel the need that, you know, who, who feel like they, they have the freedom of speech really to kind of voice their concerns and, and really um, speak against uh, some of the government's decisions. To, well, that's that's right never now. good. That's never good for a leader. So we'll see what he does with with uh, all that big bouillabaisse boiling away. <laughs> so anyway, it was wonderful talking to you, uh, Catherine, and uh, I'll look forward to speaking to you next week. That was Catherine Levesque, parliamentary reporter for The National Post. Now, many of us saw that memorable handshake between Alberta Premier Daniel Smith and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. 
Here's Toronto star Graham Thompson's take of that awkward greeting. He writes, when a smiling Trudeau offered Smith his hand, she looked so ill at ease, you'd think he was offering her a dead fish. She responded in kind with a handshake so reluctant that Trudeau ended up pretty much holding her hand while the photo op cameras clicked. Smith has ostensibly tried offering an olive branch to Trudeau over the issue of the federal government's just transition plan to help Canadian workers adapt to a global move away from fossil fuels. But this comes after weeks of Smith deliberately and cynically misrepresenting the plan as a plot to kill 2.5 million jobs across Canada, 187,000 of them in Alberta's energy sector alone. It would seem Smith is much more comfortable using conspiracy theories to attack Trudeau and keeping a politically convenient punching bag than she is doing something as simple as shaking his hand. Now, here's what's happening on the Hill and elsewhere today. Mary Ng, Minister of International Trade, is hosting a roundtable with Black Entrepreneurship Program Partners. Minister Harjit Sajjan is speaking at the annual Innovation and Impact Awards ceremony organized by Cooperation Canada and the World University Service of Canada. Green Party of Canada Deputy Leader Jonathan Pedno will be in Quebec City for the next three days to participate in the Quebec Winter Carnival festivities. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will hold an economic roundtable with business and labour leaders in Toronto as part of pre-budget consultations. And the Prime Minister will be in private meetings today. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, February 9th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.